everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene. I hope you are having fabulous weeks. I am very excited about our guest today, and I get to introduce Amanda Hill, who is a fellow hygienist. She has over 25 years of experience. She is a speaker, and actually that is how I met her, is she were both uh, speaking at the Perio Protect Conference in October of last year, and she was uh, speaking in front of me, and I was just blown away. You are going to love her excitement and her passion and just the really great way that she can share something that she's passionate about and make everyone else passionate about it. So um, I invited her. She was kind enough to say yes. Uh, She is also an award-winning author, an industry educator, and she is the winner of 2022 SAP Award for Emerging Infection Control Leader. And she is definitely an ambassador for our safety as dental professionals, as well as our patients. And she is known as the Waterline Warrior. So Amanda, thank you so much for giving some of your time and passion to us today. We really appreciate having you on. Oh my goodness. I, first off, uh, I loved your presentation at Perio Protect. So I'm super excited to uh, be with you because, oh my goodness, you were super inspiring too. And, and I, any opportunity to spread the word about water and sign me up because I, I don't know why, but I really like talking about it. I love it. I love it. Well, I, you know, I wanted to just say as hygienists, I think all of us are very, very aware of biofilms, right? Um, we're elbows deep in it all day long. Um, and we know what an impact they can have on our patients' oral and overall health. We know how to identify the impact of pathogenic biofilms when we see those red, puffy, bleeding gums. But there are other biofilms that we are responsible for that we don't visually see the impacts of. And those are the biofilms in our water lines. And so to get this kicked off, I just wanted you to share your story. What, where, how did you get here? What made you passionate about biofilms and water lines? So, so, you know, like most things, it just sort of happened. I, we had been living in Europe. My husband uh, is in the military and we moved back to the U.S. And I took my annual infection control update, you know, like you're supposed to do every year. You're supposed to do it every year. So took my annual infection control update and the speaker started talking about dental unit water lines, you know, all the other stuff I kind of knew. And then I was like, wait, we're supposed to do what? And so I went back to my office the next day and I was like, hey guys, are we doing this? And my whole office looked at me like, we're supposed to do what? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do some research and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And then, so that Friday I, you know, got all the stuff that I researched and ordered and thankfully my boss totally on board. And I went ahead and started a waterline protocol. So then of course, you know, I'm kind of 
gregarious and maybe a bit of a busybody. And, and I went to my next dental hygiene component meeting and I happened to mention about waterlines. I was like, did you guys know about this? Like, what do you, and nobody knew about it. Like they also weren't doing it. And so I was like, huh. And so I decided to write an article about it. Well, then that article turned into more articles and then it turned into videos. And then it turned into actually a company reaching out to me and saying, Hey, do you want to write a CE presentation and present on this? And I was like, why? Yes, I do. And of course, there, you have that voice in your head that's like, you don't know what you're doing. And I was like, Shh, we'll figure it out. And and I did. And I figured it out. And um, and so, you know, fast forward, what, maybe four years later, I guess, um, here I am still learning, still learning. So if you if you hear me talk about water and you're like, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. Don't feel bad because I didn't know about it. And, and I'm still to this day, there's new stuff that comes out just like with hygiene, right? We learn new stuff all the time. Like it, yes. you know, it, it, it evolves and the same thing with this. So that's kind of how that whole journey began. Nice. Well, I mean, I'll say listening to your presentation, I was kind of sitting where you had sat before. Like, I mean, I put my tablets in my water bottle, like it, we're all good. Right. So that it was just a big eye opener. And I thought, oh my gosh, our listeners have to have to hear this information. So I'm so glad you're sharing. And I want to um, just clarify that what we're going to be talking about for this podcast is specifically lines and not so much the suction lines, right? This is two different things. Yes. In fact, it's funny that you say that. So initially I only spoke on water lines and people would email me suction line questions. And I'd be like, uh, those are different lines, but people get them all totally mixed up and confused. Like we don't actually understand the difference. So I do have lectures. So then I was like, well, I got to build a lecture on that. So I do have a, a lecture on water lines and I have a lecture on suction lines. And then I have a whole line lecture too. So, you know, we can go either way. Got it. So with water line going for tonight, um, where do these biofilms come from? Which ones are that are dangerous and how fast do they grow? So the biofilms just form, like they form in our patient's mouth, like they form in a pocket, like they form in your dog's bowl. Like if you ever like put your fingers on the water bowl and it's like slip and slippery, that's biofilm. So biofilm happens. The reason that biofilm happens in general unit water lines is think about how teeny tiny those little lines are. Like they're tiny, right? And so when we have our big pipes that come to our house, you know, and the water is able to rush through and go fast, you know, it doesn't have time to touch all the sides and doesn't have time to hang out and like leave deposits. In our tiny, tiny water lines, not only does almost all the water touch the sides, but it kind of hangs out for a while. I mean, think about how often you're actually squirting the water and you're, it has a pretty slow flow rate. Well, that is like Shangri-La for biofilm. So it can just grow like, whoo, we're chilling. We're going to hang out. We're going to attach to the inside of these lines. And then at some point, much like, you know, like our arteries, right? You know, you get cholesterol and the cholesterol plaques break free. Same thing, biofilm breaks free and then it goes into your patient's mouth. So if you have virulent biofilm in your lines, things like Mycobacterium obsessus, Pseudomonas aeruginosa, Legionella, those things have, have been recorded to have actually harmed patients. So we know that this has actually affected patients based upon traced back to the dental unit water lines, people have been sickened and even died. So it's kind of serious business yes. Um, yes. that this can happen. And it's not that hard to take care of. You Just like anything, you just have to do it. 
Yeah. How fast would you say that these biofilms grow and proliferate? So there is this really awesome study that was done by Barbeau. And what they found was that in brand new lines, okay? So like you just opened the office. Oh, look at our pretty, pretty office. It's so beautiful, right? In five days, five, five days, you went from safe drinking water is 500 colony forming units. Okay. So we always want to be under 500 colony forming units in five days. You can be up to 200,000 colony forming units if you're not treating your water. So if you're not using a tablet or a straw or a liquid or something, it will grow that fast. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I guess when you, we think about health, you know, it makes sense. Biofilm's a beast, man. Right. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So and once I you get some just, biofilm, you know, it just, it just yeah. goes like gangbusters. Yeah. Proliferation. And I mean, you think about your water lines too, you know, you've got, they're pressurized. That water is pressurized in there all day long. You've got the gravity aspect of, you know, it kind of draping down to the floor. So yeah, I can see, I can see how this is a, a big setup. Um, yep. I want to take a quick pause because I know as a busy full-time hygienist myself, thinking about doing one more thing. One more step, implement protocol feels kind of like the straw that might break people's back. At Bulletproof, we're big believers in always knowing our why for anything we do. In this specific arena is really important because we are charged with helping our patients obtain and maintain health and wellness. And what we may not all realize are the huge implications that can come from these dangerous biofilms in our water lines. So to so to help us help our get our brains around why this matters because the reality is this matters not only to our patients' health but to our own professional personal health because of what these biofilms are going into in the air. Exactly. Yeah. So in 2021, the Ohio State did a really awesome study and. And I'm excited because the CDC and NIOSH are replicating the study on a larger scale. So it was a pretty small scale study at Ohio State. NIOSH and CDC are going to replicate it to make sure that the results are the same. But what they found, so they took patients, you know, put them in little operatories and they did aerosol generating procedures. Because remember, we're talking 2020, 20 and 2021, you know, we weren't doing aerosol generating procedures, right? Because we were all going to die from COVID, right? Right. So- they did these aerosol generating procedures. They captured the aerosols and then they looked at what was in the aerosols. And what they found was that 76% of what was the, the makeup of those water lines, of those aerosols came from your dental unit water lines. And in the study, they even had a COVID positive patient. Zero percent, zero came from aerosolized saliva. We are not aerosolizing saliva. We are aerosolizing our dental unit procedural water. So think about that and think about that's what you, clinician, that's what you, you know, your front desk, that's what the people that bring your patient in, like that's what anyone that comes to your office, that's actually what we're breathing. And so we got this new awareness of aerosols with COVID. I promise they were there before COVID, by the way, but we, we started to recognize them and we, we sort of became afraid of them. But the good news, I think this is great news because this is something that's easy to take care of. If you are treating, maintaining, and testing your water lines, you know, I mean, you know, bulletproof, without a doubt, you know that what you're breathing is safe for you and safe for your patients, right? 
And so we have had in the US three clusters we know of so far of patients that have been sickened by contaminated dental unit water lines. So in 2015, it was just outside of Atlanta and it was a group of children, 30 some odd children. And they were sickened with mycobacterium abscesses, major surgeries, hospitalizations, tons of antibiotics has affected their life. Wow. In Anaheim, California in 2016, 202 children affected. And that was out of the same, that was out of the same practice. The 200, it was the same group. It was a DSO. Okay. And so it was a group. Okay. Um, and, and so 202 children, all hospitalized surgeries. Like we're not just talking like, oh, here's some augmentin. It's all good. Like these are serious. Like, you know, like abscesses, like under their chin, you know, wow. big stuff. And then the CDC just put out a health advisory network alert for dental unit water lines last month, which is something they actually, October 30th, actually, that they rarely do for dentistry. I'm not sure when the last time they've done it for dentistry was, but there's another cluster. We don't know where, but it was a pediatric cluster. So a whole nother group of kids we know has been sickened by again, contaminated dental unit water lines. So, and that's just the US. I can tell you a ton more stories that have happened overseas um, where, you know, other people, there was somebody that even died from the contaminated water in the cup filler. You know how we press the little button and it fills the cup and you drink the water? That's where it got. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's a big deal for your patients. I mean, we love our patients, right? But it's also a big deal for you and your team. Yeah, I think I remember you referencing study about dental professionals having a really high prevalence of Legionella pneumonia. Yeah, there's, it was fascinating. Actually, there's a study. So there's a study that was done in like the eighties that said that, that dental professionals have a higher incidence of Legionella antibodies. So when they tested dental professionals, well, then somebody came along and debunked that study. So then they redid that study. And so just this year, they are 2022, they redid that study and they found, yes, indeed, dental professionals are at a very high risk for Legionella infections, upper respiratory infections and Legionella antibodies. And that is coming from our dental unit water lines because that's what we're breathing. Again, 76% of aerosols are all coming from our water lines. That's what we're breathing all day long. Yeah, that is huge. And I mean, I, I just want to repeat this because I know I, I feel like my mouth dropped when I heard you say that. And I know you just said it again, but I just, I want to drill this home that 0% came from aerosolized saliva. And that's what we've been so, so worried about all right. along. We and you're right. Even I was afraid. Like, I'm like, COVID for sure. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, and then we're in our space suits, like, okay, here we go. And that's not what we're doing now. Super excited to see CDC and NIOSH redo this study again on a really larger scale and make sure that that is indeed, you know, because one study certainly isn't gospel. We know this, you know, from good, hard hitting research. So I'm excited to see it again. But I know that that was a real eye opener for all of us. But it makes sense because you think about it. We didn't become the super spreader. Dentistry didn't become the super spreader that we sort of thought we would be. Right. Right. That didn't happen. Well, the good news is, you know, this this seems eye-opening and, and definitely thought-provoking. And hopefully, you know, all our listeners are going, whoa, okay, okay, this is pretty, pretty serious. What can I do? And, you know, like you said at the very beginning, 
there are guidelines for what we should be doing. And not just from the CDC, but I know OSHA and OSAP and the FDA and the ADA and the ADHD are all in on, hey, you guys need to have really great clean water lines. So you are the guru of this and you have done this from ground zero. So you got to talk to us about how do we do this? What does this look like? So if you like right now say, okay, Amanda, we're totally, we're using the tablet. Like you said, oh, I'm totally using the tablet. We're totally good. Oh, we got the straw. We're fine. Maybe you are. When was the last time you tested your water? So OSAP, the Organization for Sterilization and Asepsis Prevention, like the the big dental infection, nonprofit dental infection gurus, like the people that I go to, recommend that you should test your water lines in the beginning of your water line journey monthly until you pass twice, and then you can go to quarterly. So make sure that you're testing quarterly. So keep that in your brain as you are thinking, okay, well, how about this product or how about this product? And my response is always going to be like, are you testing? Because, you know, if you found a different product, as long as you're passing, it's good. So first off, the biggest thing is making sure that you're testing your water. And then you're probably going to have to shock your system. And and I'd like to liken shocking because then we also have treatment, you know, your tablet and your straw, right? Right. So I like to liken shocking to a periodontal maintenance visit. So think about you bring your patient in, you sit them in their chair for the periodontal maintenance visit, right? You might do guided biofilm therapy. You might do, you know, use your piezo or your power scaler. Like you're really, you know, making sure that you're getting that good, you know, instrumentation in there. You're getting to that biofilm, you know, beneath their gums. Like you are, you are doing the things, right? You would never send them home and say, hey, I did such a freaking good job that you don't have to brush or floss or water pick or interproximal brush or whatever, or use your perio protect rays or anything for three months because I got you. You wouldn't do that. So shocking your lines is your periodontal maintenance visit. Treating your lines is using your tablet or your straw. It's to keep that biofilm at a manageable level so that they don't have this big giant biofilm party and go ahead and replicate and then cause a big problem. So you need to have both in place. Now, how often do you shock? So sometimes that's really gonna vary a lot on your system. I personally, at my office, we shock twice a year. I like, and that seems to do the trick, unless we have a fail, which does happen. Our uh, our subgingival air polisher really likes to fail. That that water heater, which is so awesome for our patients, is also like the Shangri-La of biofilm. It's like Marvin Gaye going through those lines for that biofilm. <laughs> They're like, let's get it on, you know. Hey, Bulletproof Hygienists. We are excited to announce our 2023 Bulletproof Summit. Mark the date on your calendar and block off patient care because we're going to be in Las Vegas, August 11th and 12th at the Wynn Hotel. Registration is live. Get all the details and jump on the early bird specials by going to bulletproofsummit.com. This is our opportunity to connect with you and your team in person and grow exponentially together. We promise you don't want to miss it, and we can't wait to see you there. Sign up today. Anyway, so that one likes to fail. So that one gets shocked more often. You start to get a feel for, you get that that feel for, am I, am I passing? Now, if you do a test and you have colony forming units of 200, and remember I said safe dental unit water is 500 colony forming units, right? 
If you yes. even have 200 colony forming units, technically a pass, totally a pass, right? I would shock. And the reason I would shock is because 200 colony forming units is sort of like that party that I threw in high school where I only invited four kids, but four kids turned into eight kids, turned into 16 kids, turned into 32 kids, it's turned into 64 kids. You know, you get the point. It yes. proliferates really, really fast. And you could ha have 200 colony forming units when you did that test. And frankly, by the end of the day, the next day, maybe you might already have a thousand colony forming units. Because again, we know biofilm, right? We know that yes. it just loves to proliferate. So then you definitely want to shock. There's lots of cool shock products out there. There's simple ones. Like if your chair doesn't have a problem with it, you can use bleach. There's great shock protocols with bleach. There's really heavy duty shock protocols with other products. There's Liquid Ultra. There's ADEC makes their ICX. Um, and then there's like tablets, like there's hypochlorous tablets or a lot of people like ozone water for shocking. There's lots of different options. And I'm not going to tell you one, like you can only use this one, right. use the one that you're comfortable with, that you understand the instructions for use. Make sure you follow those instructions for use, because some will say you have to let it wait for 30 minutes. Some will say you have to let it sit overnight. So it really depends on the instructions for use of the product, but use however it's designed to be used, use that product to really make sure that your lines are clean and then figure out what your maintenance protocol is going to be. So is that going to be a tablet? Is that going to be a straw? Is that going to be a daily liquid? You know, what's, what's the best for your practice? Um, what can people stick to? What can people understand the rules for? Um, you know, the instructions for use uh, and then and then make sure that you're testing. So it's kind of a little three pronged uh, approach to dental unit water lines. Yeah. And just I wanted to make sure our listeners know, too, because I don't know that I would have thought about this. And I know you pointed it out is after you shock to make sure you flush all of the lines really well. Yeah. You got to flush and flush and flush and flush and flush because otherwise your patient's like, it tastes kind of funny. And you're like, oh, sorry. I just did. I actually went to a dental hygiene school and did a waterline lecture and it was actually really fun. Then we went into their clinic and they all tested their lines. And then I brought three different shock products. And so we did three different shock products, you know, kind of in little groupings across their clinic. And so they could see what like an overnight shock was like, and they could see what, you know, a, a shorter, you know, 30 minute shock was like, and they could see what a kind of a lighter shock was like. And that way they really got to experience different products and figure out the one that was best for them. Awesome. And I know that if we, if our practice is using the straws, we should not shock through the straw, correct? Right. Yeah. So check your IFUs on the straw, but for the most part, you don't want to put a shock product through the straw because the straw has has you know some kind of antimicrobial in it. It's probably silver or it's iodine, but don't worry if it's safe for patients that are allergic to iodine. So don't let that pop in your head. It's it's totally safe. So it's silver or iodine. And if you put that shock product through it, it actually could hurt your straw. It actually happened in my clinical office. Our lovely front desk girl thought she'd be helpful. And so she shocked the lines and she did it through the straws and we had to throw all the straws away. And if you've ever seen the price tag on those straws, um, the doctor was not very happy. Um, so what you can get is something called a dummy straw, or it's really just that uptake straw that your unit came with. But if you don't have that anymore, there are waterline companies, ProEdge being one of them, that will send you a free dummy straw. So that way you just have an uptake straw because you got to get that shock into your line somehow. 
So don't shock through your straw. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Of yeah, that. I forgot yeah to say it. for sure. I don't have my slides. <laughs> And then I want to just pop back to testing for two seconds, because I know there's a yeah. couple of options for that. You can do your own in-office testing yes. at, or you can do send away, correct? Absolutely. And yes. So like the, when I began my waterline journey, I totally did an in-office test because I knew we were going to fail and I kind of wanted to fail in private, right? I mean, who wants to admit that to is a failure? Better. Now I'm sort of like, oh my gosh, we failed everybody. But now in the beginning, I was a little like... So there is in-office test. There's um, two different companies make paddles. ProEdge makes the quick pass. And um, there's one called AquaSafe. It just got bought. And I don't remember who just bought it. But so there's ProEdge, uh, there's the AquaSafe and there's the quick pass. Both are little paddles um, and they grow uh, the bacteria. And so then you'll count your little colony forming units that grow on it. And the results come between uh, one is two, one is two to three days and the other is five to seven days. So again, read the instructions for use. Very important. So you take your water sample. One cool thing that you can do that I couldn't do when I began my waterline journey is now they have really great studies on pooled sampling. And so what a pooled sample is, is you can take a waterline test kit. I happen. So if you're doing an in-office one, you take these little paddles. This is what they look like, right? So you can take a little bit of water from each line, equal amounts from one operatory. Don't do it all across your whole office, right? But you can do a little from your air water syringe, a little from your power scaler, a little bit from your assistance air water syringe, a little bit from maybe your um, your ProfiJet, whatever you have that shoots water, your handpiece. So take a little, try to, try to be equal as much as you can, right? Put those in there. Then you put your paddle back, you lay it on uh, on its belly for a minute and then you dump out your water and then you just let it grow. And then you wait and see if anything grows. Hopefully nothing grows. Hopefully it's just completely clear. And then you're like, yeah. Again, if something grows, I would shock. Even if there's one dot, that's that's considered a hundred colony form units, one dot. Go ahead and shock. Just, just do it. Now you can also do mail-away testing. And there's a couple different kinds of mail-away testing. And there's quite a few companies that do it. Um, so there's one that is also growing bacteria and that's our regular, they called R2A. It's our regular, you know, you do a little waterline sample. Again, you can do a pooled sample a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, because the idea is if you fail, you're going to shock all the lines anyway. So it doesn't, it's right. not like you're going to be like, Oh, now I will tell you because I have access to lots of free tests. If I have a fail, then I actually go through and figure out who the culprit is. You can certainly do that. That's just sort of the sciencey waterline part of me, but you don't have to, you can just shock them all. So, and then the mail-in test, um, the advantage to mail-in tests is not only do you get this third-party verification, let's say you ever got some kind of board inspection or whatever, and you'd be like, look at me, no, we're good. Like, this is a third-party verification that says we did good. Um, but it also gives you some more precise results than you're just random, you know, looking at some dots. There's two different kinds. There's this R2A growth, and then there's also a new one called flow cytometry that um, both Stericil and ProEdge have. And it's actually pretty cool. You get your results in uh, 24 hours. Um, you actually get your results in 15 minutes, but you have to mail it. So 24 hours. And they email you the results um, and they have the ability to count live bacteria and dead bacteria. And if you are in a fail cycle that you're just having a lot of trouble, it's really a great way to try to help figure out what's happening. And if you were in a fail cycle where you're having to close an operatory, using that flow and being able to get your answers the next day 
is really nice and not having to wait two, three, five, seven days, kind of depending on which test you've chosen. So one thing to remember though, if you use the um, in-office one, I did, should mention this, I like to always take pictures of them. So we talked about having that third-party verification, super cool. I do like to take pictures of my quick pass and make sure, because that is kind of also verification, like I'll write on it, you know, op one and the date, and then I'll take, you know, pictures of them kind of side by side so that we see, you know, okay, this is the date we tested and here it is. There's actually a story with a, a dentist in Maryland that was shut down for contaminated dental unit water. And he was able to reopen based upon a picture of his past quick pass. So that is like the Maryland Dental Board recognized that as documentation. So you know us, we like a little documentation to yeah, show things. That's a great idea. So I do have a question. So say you do the in-office testing and you fail and you decide to shock. How long after that shock should you retest to see if that was effective? Is that an immediate thing? Do you give that a week? What does that look like? I personally like to give it a week. There is definitely differing opinions when it comes to this. In fact, I was just talking to somebody about it today. So the reason I like to test in a week is because if I test right away, like say I shock and then I test, more than likely I'm going to pass. And what that has shown me is my shock worked. But just like with our patient's mouth and biofilm, we we know that rebound effect, right? You know, yes. like, ooh, I got it. And ooh, the gum was pink. And then in five days, it's all red again, right? Yep. So I like to shock and then wait wait a week and then retest. Now, if you like, if you take, if you get one of these back and it is like covered in red dots, you might need to do what I call a triple shock. And my theory, I have no science behind this. So don't, don't like, if you have research, please tell me, but I have no science behind this. This is my theory about a triple shock. So the first shock, the first day that you use whatever shock product you use, the first day, like you get off that kind of that, that protective layer of biofilm, you know, that we have in our patient's mouth, you know, when you're probing and like, you barely get any bleeding, but then when you go in with the ultrasonic, it's like a bloodbath, like Rambo, like you're like, what the heck happened? Right. Yeah. In my head, I picture that that's like the protective layer of biofilm that I shocked off first. Then I go back the next day and I shock and I get like that virulent layer, like, you know, the bad guys. And then that third night of the shock or third day of the shock, then you get kind of the dead stuff, the dead zone that's kind of been laying, which would be great food for anything to regrow. So if you find yourself in that cycle, I have been in that cycle, even just like six months ago, my operatory was in that cycle. So don't, don't be ashamed if it happens. It's okay. Call me. I'll help you. Um, but uh, then oftentimes that's the thing you need to do like one, two, three. And then you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, this operatory passes every time. Like for 10 years, you're good. As long as you're maintaining too. Right, right. And then maintaining uh, or just treating, like you said, is that maintenance of what would be the equivalent of us brushing or flossing or water picking is, you know, using our straws and using our tablets and being really regular with that. And I will say, actually, you gave me a really good tip that I hadn't, I don't think I may have processed before, because like I said, we use the tablets, but you said when you, well, you had two really good ideas. One was to let that tablet fully effervesce and dissolve before you attach it to your water line, because otherwise that pressure kind of can halt that process. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But also because, you know, depending on how big your water bottle is and how frequently, you know, you need to change that, 
you had the idea of going ahead and preparing some in advance so that it was already ready to go. And I thought that was a really fabulous idea. Yeah. And, and most of the tablets, you have to check the instructions for use that liquid that like you, let's say you do it in like an old distilled water jug, which is fine. Um, you do it in that, 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 that liquid with the tablet, with that, that tablet in there is good for 14 to 28 days, depending on which tablet you're choosing. And you're going to go through it that fast. I actually got that idea because initially when I started the waterline journey, the power scaler I had, had these two little reservoirs. They were only like that big. I don't remember which one it was, but they had two little reservoirs. And so I was taking tablets and breaking them in little pieces and like putting them in and then (laughs) not remotely the IFUs at all, not remotely the instructions for use. Um, and then I talked to, uh, the people that make blue tab at pro edge and they, they're like, Amanda, why don't you just mix it in a jug? And I was like, yeah, that's a really good. No, so what I love about it. this story is this is a classic hygienist story of us being like, so detailed and rule followers. And I love that yes. story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so there, but now I know, see, that's how I keep learning. Yes. No, I love it. I love it. Um, And then, you know, just talking about, you know, as we're kind of processing through this, so maintenance and and kind of creating your own standard of operating procedure for this for your office, kind of thinking it through and figuring it out and and creating that. Um, And then talking about flushing is really important. Yeah. So there's a little debate in the land of flushing and purging, and I don't have good science on it yet. I'm waiting. Somebody do this study for me, please. But so the CDC recommends that we flush our water lines at the beginning of the day. You will find conflicting data. Some says 30 seconds in the first thing in the morning. Some says one to two minutes first thing in the morning. So there's very conflicting data there. The point is flush them for at least 30 seconds, please. And that means all of your lines. When I'm talking about all of your lines, right? Everything that gets water. And you know, one thing I didn't mention was, you know, if you have a line that that could like has water, but you never use it, like, you know, you have this line that a handpiece could be hooked up to it, but nobody uses it because it's a hygiene room now or whatever. And if water is sitting in that line, I got to tell you, there is a ton of biofilm that has grown there because that's like the stinky, stinky swamp. So if you have a line that you don't use, have your service tech come in and cap it so that that biofilm, because the biofilm is not going to hang out, just stay on that line and be like, oh, no, guys, we only live in this line then it's going to move to other places. So, right. sorry, interrupted myself. But um, go ahead and flush every single line for 30 seconds to up to one to two minutes, depending on which study you read um, in the morning. And then between every single patient, there is actually really good data behind the fact that there is suck back. So there is suck back that occurs back into our air water syringe, suck back that occurs back into our power scaler, whatever that might be. And so water does go back that perhaps had been in the patient's mouth. And so a quick 30 second purge, you might even have a button. Like some of us have a little flush button on, you know, if you've got a really fancy chair, you might have that. So purging. So back when I was in hygiene school, I learned at the end of the day, turn off your unit and out all like the water and the air, whatever you could get out, right? That's what I learned. So some chairs still say that in their instructions for use. And if you are an instruction for use person, like, you know, you're an FQHC and you're, or a school and you're, you got to follow those, like, you know, those, right? 
There is some new recommendations by the treatment manufacturers, the people that make tablets and straws. Many of them are now saying, don't actually run all the water out of your unit overnight. Leave that treated water in there. The idea being then it's sort of like the idea, you know how we say don't rinse after you brush your teeth anymore? You know, we used to do that. Now we don't do that because it's like, no, leave the toothpaste in there. Let it do its job. Yes. Same thing. Exactly the same thing. Leave the water in there that has that treatment, that has that antimicrobial in there. So it can be killing the biofilm while you're at home sleeping. So uh, there's no good hard science on that yet. So that one, you kind of have to make that decision. But if you your office is going to be closed for more than two weeks, Go ahead and do your best to purge your lines. You will never get them dry. Don't fool yourself, but do your best. And then when you come back from a two-week absence, I would recommend shocking your lines because there was probably some good biofilm that happened. That's the thing I've been recommending to dental hygiene schools now is, you know, after, you know, summer break, when you're coming back in the fall, shock your lines, same thing, Christmas break, come back from Christmas break or holiday break and, you know, shock your lines, that kind of thing. So um, those are good times. But if you're just closed for a week you're, and you have a good system going, you're regularly testing, you should be just fine. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Uh, this information is so helpful because good. like you said, we, we don't know all of this. So no. this is so helpful. And you have been kind enough to share um, kind of a printout of the protocol that you created. So yes, I this want- is my office's protocol. So this is just what we do. So, yes. you know. And I did actually mention products. I'm not necessarily like, I'm not sponsored by nor endorsing right. said products, but I always think it's, don't you always just want to know what people are using? You're yes. Like, just tell me what you're using. Well, especially <laughs> when, especially when that person has a cape that says waterline warrior and is this passionate about it? Yeah, know exactly <laughs> what she's doing because honestly, you've done the tried and true work. Like you know it. So yes, I I trust you. And so you have been kind enough to share that with us. So all of our listeners, if you would like to see what Amanda is doing in her practice and at least get some ideas for setting yourself up for a protocol, we are going to share that on our Mighty Network. And for those of you who don't know, Mighty Network is a free app. You just download it onto your phone, search Bulletproof Hygiene, and come join our community. Join join the community of hygienists and dental professionals to just talk and share and encourage and share wins and ask questions. We will have it there. So go check it out there. Um, Amanda, I am so grateful for you. I'm going to have to have you back again, if you are willing, so that we can talk about the suction lines, because I need to learn a lot about that as well. I'm happy to share. (laughs) I'm happy to share. Awesome. Awesome. In the interim, if we have listeners that need to find you, where's the best place to find you? You know, the best place to find me is on all social media. I'm Amanda Hill RDH. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you can find me Amanda Hill RDH, or you're welcome to email me at Amanda Hill RDH at gmail.com. I try to make it super easy. I probably get an email a day from somebody that has a waterline question and I love it, love it, love it. So please don't hesitate to reach out to me, ask me questions. It is a confusing journey in the very beginning. Um, and so I, you know, I'm happy to, and I'm happy to learn from you too, which is super fun and then help you kind of from my mistakes, my experiences. <laughs> yes. I love it. And then I also had, just have to ask you, like, what are you up to right now? I mean, you just said you went to a dental school the other day or a hygiene school. And we're talking to them about this. Like, what is life looking like for you right now? 
Yeah, life is actually pretty exciting. I've uh, I just recently sort of made a little career shift on January 1st and I'm going out on my own, doing my own shebang. Um, and so a series of, you know, speaking um, certainly about water lines and suction lines, um, working on programs to get into schools. I really feel like there's so much that we graduated from school with without knowing. 100%. Yeah. And so just like I talked about going to that school, like now all those clinicians have held the test. They know how to do it. And so they're going to walk into their first office and they're going to be like, so what are we doing for water? And that office is going to be like, what? And they're going to be like, oh, well, I know how to do it. I learned how to in school. So working on working on that as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just kind of kind of just sort of exploring these cool options. So if anybody needs a speaker on water lines or suction lines or infection control or things like that. I'm, I'm happy to come and, uh, and, and entertain you and help you learn all at the same time, hopefully. I love it. Well, thank you for being passionate about this and thank you for making this a fun conversation because who would have thought water lines could be so fun and engaging? It can't be. <laughs> Amanda did. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will have her back soon, you guys, and we're going to learn about suction lines as well. Um, but for now, I hope everyone has a great week. Um, and when you come join the Mighty Network, let let me hear how the water line's going, how the testing's yeah. going, how the shocking's going. Let's have conversations about that. I want to know. All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Amanda. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.